0: There's too many questions at once. (laughs) Can you ask me one question at a time? So how
1: was your day?
0: It was good. I worked outside a lot and tried to prep my garden a little bit and hung out with the boys. Oh, that's cool. So how are you
1: prepping your garden?
0: So right now I have the spot marked off and I have leaves on top of it i have probably four or five inches of leaves on top of the space just to try to uh, suffocate the weeds and keep the soil nice and moist from am ready to plant. yeah and it's free it the leaves were already in my yard so that was a bonus Well, i was gonna say i used straw last year but the straw actually had seeds in it so I was constantly plucking out grass from my garden. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you were sprouting seed or whatever it was. Whatever
0: it was sprouting, it wasn't good. It was kind of counterproductive. So the leaves are working much better and they're free. So that's nice.
1: Hey, y'all. I'm Mel and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together, we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures chat about everyday life with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Okay, today's guest is Catherine. Uh, Catherine happens to be my child. She is no longer a child. She is a grown adult and we are super excited to have her with us today because she's actually very knowledgeable in the gardening and the all those good homesteading things. So today she's going to share with us a little bit about what uh, moved her towards Purchasing the place that she has now, and the things that she does to help with sustainability, and uh, her future plans. So, welcome, Catherine. We are so excited to have you with us.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be back again. I enjoyed the first time I was here. Yes, if you didn't know, Catherine has a <laughs> Catherine has a prior
1: podcast episode all about how she bought auction chickens and how that worked out yeah so usually i'll I'll tag that in the show notes and you can go listen to what not to do uh in getting new chickens
0: yes i made lots of mistakes
1: but we are so grateful to have you with us i know you're very very busy uh if you could give our listeners just a little bit of a background of what you do who you are those kind of things
0: Right now, I am working full-time as a nurse practitioner, serving veterans in our community. Um, At home, I have about 20, no, 14 chickens, uh, three dogs, and a cat. And we live on about 12 acres in a rural area in East Tennessee.
1: So what made you choose the land that you have? I mean, was did you have in mind things that you wanted to get out of the land that you were going to get or plans of what you, I know you're a planner cause I've seen your, your garden planner. <laughs> her garden planner is stellar. <laughs> it's a little like when we go back and forth about gardening and seeds and things to try or whatever, uh, she has these diagrams of how she <laughs> plans out her garden. I mean, I do to a, point but hers is like I mean it's pretty intense so
0: I like to visualize things on paper I don't like to just have the plan in my head because it just feels so cluttered in my head but it really helps me if I write it down and so that's why I draw all the diagrams
1: Uh. I think your diagrams are great though I'm going to implement some of that stuff because I've I'm going to add a bunch of new seeds and some beds. So you yeah. got to figure all
0: that stuff out. And it definitely helps too if you have a whole lot of things that you want to plant because sometimes you can forget about things if you don't write them down. Well, I, I do. And also with interplanting too. So you know what can go next to each other and what you maybe shouldn't put next to each other. So going back to the original question. So what, What
1: was on your mind? No, save all those great tips. What was on your mind uh, prior to y'all picking what you picked? Like, what
0: did you envision? Well, we definitely wanted a lot of land because I wanted lots of animals, uh, farm animals. Of course, we already had chickens at that point, but we only had maybe, I don't know, six or 10. We didn't have very many at that point. So we wanted more land to be able to expand with the chickens and then maybe consider getting like goats or horses or something at that time. We wanted more land. Um, And then, of course, the gardening aspect of it, too. I wanted to be able to have our fruit trees and have more crops that would come back each year, like the blueberries and strawberries and blackberries and all those things. And where we lived before, we were in the city a, a little bit. I mean, it wasn't as rural as it is now, but it wasn't really a great place to have all those animals and uh, plant like a food type forest that I want here.
1: So you do plan on getting other
0: animals? Not not so much anymore. Probably not. No? No, we've... We really like to travel, and we found that having all these animals is nice until you want to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
0: Yeah. I mean, you
1: can't even go to the bathroom without one. Forget about planning any type of vacation. Yeah,
0: maybe somewhere in the future. And plus, the land that we ended up buying, not great for farming necessarily because it has a lot of hills. Uh, it's Quite steep in some areas. So it would be really difficult to keep like horses or cattle on. You could probably goats would be fine, I'm sure, or sheep, but you know, the things that I originally wanted, I don't think that they'll really work out here.
1: So for someone who is looking to find a piece of property to be more sustainable, originally when you got your place, is that what you were thinking about as being sustainable, or you just thought like the idea of the larger area, you know, more privacy, uh, more of a freedom. So what was kind of like the, I know you said your your main goal at that time was to, you know, get all these animals. And then, of course, you realized that you wanted to be more free <laughs> and travel more and that was going to be difficult. What could you offer someone uh, advice on ways that, you know, tips of what to look for or, you know, if they're going to start their own little homestead. I mean, you don't need 12 acres like you have. I mean, you could start in a smaller way. So what are some tips that you could
0: give people maybe to be sustainable on where they already live? So as far as sustainability, like growing your own food, I don't think that there is a certain amount of space that's required. I think that people are very creative with small spaces like with uh vertical growing and raised beds, and I've seen those those towers before too yeah yeah, that's tall yeah there's there's all kinds of different options for people who want to grow their own food um and you don't necessarily have to have twelve acres or really a large area of land to do that um whenever to answer your first question about what we were looking for whenever. We bought this property. Privacy was a big thing, and then wanting just more land to get away from our neighbors, because <laughs> where <laughs> where we lived before we had some nosy neighbors, and yeah. they were quite close. So um, that, and we were renting from family, and we didn't really feel like it was our own place. So that kind of drove us to to say, "This
1: is mine." You know, I can do what I want with it. And not have to be concerned with someone else and what they limit you, you know, what changes you can make and stuff. So, yeah, you answered that quite well. Mm-hmm. Do you find there's ways that um, you can help? I mean, I know that you work for full time and most people do obviously work full time, too. But uh, are there ways that you think that you can utilize the land that you have or have you, uh, you know, to add income into the homestead, you know, to offset some of the costs for, um, you know, having your animals and.
0: Yeah. So really the only way that we have made income off of our land is by selling eggs uh, from our chickens. And there's a few people from my work who buy those for $4 a dozen, which really isn't much, but it's, It does help with their feed cost, Um, but I know some people uh, sell their produce if they have extra produce or they intentionally grow more than what they need to sell at farmer's markets or even uh, selling cut flowers too. So there's several different avenues that you can take if you want to try to make some income off of your property. I know you were very creative, though,
1: with some of the little Etsy shop, that little wood stuff that you had going. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I think it's very fascinating.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, whenever we first moved here, the the people who we bought the property from, they left a bunch of uh, black walnut wood that was already milled into one-inch slabs. So we didn't want to get rid of it because it was nice pieces of wood so I came up with the idea to cut it into small sections and sell it as shelves on Etsy which I've kind of fallen off the fallen off the wagon with that I have a bunch that I need to put on Etsy but I just kind of lost interest (laughs) okay But those things that you did list, you know, like cut
1: flowers and, you know, selling your eggs. And I know uh, quite a few people that's been on here, they've made syrups and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. homemade, those homemade products that they sell online to help adjust for some of the cost of their animals. But, yeah, I think if you can be resourceful, you can definitely um, make some money back and put it back into your homestead.
0: Absolutely. And th- going back to the wood, you know, initially, I didn't really think anybody would buy it because it's just, you know, a piece of wood. But you take decent pictures of it and write a little description of it, and there's people out there who will buy it. So even if you don't think, you know, that your produce is the absolute best out there or your flowers are the prettiest or most unique, there's probably a market, somebody out there who would be willing to pay for it.
1: Yeah, I think people are um, apt to buy like local, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of these big commercial, you know, grocery stores. They're even though if they're not as pretty as what you would see uh, in the grocery store. And I know there's a bunch of little farmers markets and all those things that you can, you know, get in contact with uh, various organizations and be a part. Even like CSA, they have a lot of people that. Um, do that too
0: yeah they do and i think some of that is uh those your followers build a relationship with you and so it's easier for you to sell that stuff to them because they they learn to they learn about you and you develop relationships and so they have kind of a loyalty to you
1: do you have plans on i know you mentioned your garden you already started thinking about that and stuff and I am going to add a cut flower garden. I don't know if it's going to be anything that anyone would even want to buy because it's going to be new, you know, like to see what kind of works and stuff. So do you plan on adding a cut garden or is that just for fun? I know you have a lot of flowers around your property, uh, but adding something that maybe you could sell on the roadside or something.
0: Yeah, I definitely have more than what I need. Uh, for my own viewing pleasure, <laughs> I think I'll have more than <laughs> enough to, to try to sell some if I have extra. Just trying to test the waters, see if there's a market for it. I know there's several people in this area that uh, are doing that already, but...
1: Maybe you can sell that to, you know, your people you work with and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you never know until you try. And what's it going to hurt if you're already growing it anyways? You might as well just see what you can share with other people.
1: Do you have any chicken keeping tips for our listeners since our last nightmare of an episode that we went through?
0: Yeah, well I have I'm living another nightmare right now because my neighbor's dogs got into my chickens again and killed six of them just past week. I'm so sorry. It just breaks my heart that it happened. Yeah, it's it sucks, especially if they won't take responsibility for it. But, um, you know, right now we're just on lockdown. We have a poultry net that's electric. And as long as they're in that, they're safe. But, you know, we feel bad leaving them. They have more than enough space, but, you know, they've ate all the grass and clover and everything else. So we are letting them free range for a little bit, but they're Definitely not coming out for a really long time.
1: Yeah, being your own property, you would think that uh, they're safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, not to be safe from aerial predators. I mean, we can't all control that. But no I mean, predators that live next door—that's just ridiculous.
0: Oh yeah, and I—we've—we've we've lost a few to hawks before, and and that just—it doesn't sting as bad because you know that they're gonna kill them quickly and that their body's yeah. not going to be wasted, but, you know, the dogs just do it for fun and torture them. And
1: So you have any tips that you've learned since then? Any magical chicken-keeping adventures, anything you're loving right
0: now? You got any uh, products that you really love? Um, I actually found some five-grain scratch at a local feed store that was a lot cheaper than the scratch grain at uh, one of the big chain Farm supply stores. Is it at
1: the co-op? Did you go to the co-op?
0: No, it's uh, off exit 50.
1: Oh, that, that tells me everything.
0: <laughs> it, no, it's literally right off exit 50, right before you get to Fall Branch School. Oh, the okay. Well, I'll check that out. They have a five-grain scratch, and they have, well, they have like a three-grain scratch, a five-grain scratch, and I want to say a seven-grain scratch with probiotic. <gasps> The fancy stuff. I just got the the five grain scratched and they really like that. And uh their cracked corn was also cheaper there. So my tip would be to check prices around because in my head I thought that maybe the local would be more expensive. Uh I don't know why I thought that, but I did. But it turns out they're actually cheaper.
1: Yeah, sometimes they are. The co-op here, it's it's a little bit more it's the same product, like they have their own mix, mm-hmm. but it's not any cheaper than the name brand. So, and I guess you kind of feel nervous when you've not, you know, tried it out yet. So, but yeah, that's a great tip to try and find local feed.
0: Yeah. Price check. And I'm sure it changes Mm -hmm. all the time too. Um, I know some of the big chains, they price match, but um, I don't know that you would be able to price match if it wasn't in a printed ad or online or something.
1: So where do you get the knowledge? Where would you send someone for uh tips on gardening? Do you have specific places that you always go to, you know, educate yourself on more things like you said in the beginning, you know, like co-planting and you know, to help yourself
0: gain more knowledge to uh grow as a grow as a gardener. <laughs> Uh, as I grow up through growing, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, there. Well, there's a couple places online. I like the Almanac website, um, the Farmer's Almanac. You can put in your zone, and it tells you about planting and uh, like when to plant and when to harvest. And it just has a lot of details on it. And then also, more recently, I found a website. Uh, It's University of Tennessee Extension, and Mm -hmm. it shows, like, the last frost dates, the first frost dates, when you should plant uh, spring vegetables and fall vegetables and, like, basically anything that you want to know about anything related to farming and gardening in this area. And they also had a really cool calendar that was for the whole year, and they had it divided with West Tennessee and East Tennessee and it was color-coded and on each day of the month it would be color-coded with the directions on what to plant now uh, or if you should be spraying your trees now like your fruit trees and uh, direct sowing xyz so those are two resources that I really like to use. Obviously,
1: local is better. I mean, you can go to the Farmers Almanac and put in your area and stuff, and then it come up. But if you um, can find something local to mm-hmm. your
0: area, you get more of a detail, like you said, all those things broken down. Yeah, and also on the back of your seeds too, or whenever you purchase the seeds online, like if you purchase them through Johnny's or uh, I don't think Baker Creek really has a whole lot of information on planting on their website, but. I know Johnny's and, um, what's the other one, Gurney's?
1: Yeah, Haas Tools has, I bought a bunch of seeds from them last year. They they have a big blog and stuff Mm -hmm. too.
0: Yeah, a lot of them give you directions on, you know, when to plant them, when to harvest them, and all the details of planting. But that University of Tennessee website I found was really helpful.
1: So what is some advice that you would give someone that is just starting? I mean, what, not necessarily tips, but just some general advice uh, for someone who really has a heart, really wants to be sustainable, really wants to live a life that's not um, so confined and maybe feel so vulnerable to uh, what's going on in the world, you know, to uh, take back some of that control, kind of like they did in the old days, you know? Yeah,
0: (laughs) well, I would say educating yourself is definitely one of the most important things that you can do, Um, because if you go in blind, then you're going to make a whole lot of mistakes. Not to say you're not going to make mistakes along the way anyways, but I think really taking the time to do some research, watch videos um listen to people who are already doing it and take advice from them people who have experience with it. Do you have anyone in particular that you would uh, say you know you would recommend to watch or follow? Yeah we really like Justin Rhodes um I think he just came out with his own streaming channel uh, I think it's called yeah. abundance plus but anyways yeah. we, we watched him whenever he was just doing YouTube videos but he does a lot of homesteading his wife Rebecca does a lot of canning and preserving and they have their own dairy cows and uh, they harvest meat chickens they harvest sheep or lamb um, they do a whole lot around the homestead and they're just genuinely good people, it seems like. So um, they have lots of experience, and they're willing to share it for free on their YouTube channel. So um, that's one that we definitely enjoy watching. But Roots and Refugees, another one, Jess, I think her name's Jess. We like watching her and her husband and kids. Um, but YouTube has an abundance of homesteaders on there who are willing to share their experience and advice for people who are just starting out. Yeah, that was really good, though. That's a lot of places that people
1: can go. Do you have any plans for the future? Is there anything different that you want to add that I know you said that you really weren't interested in adding, you know, too many more animals, going to stick with the chickens, but do you have any other vision like um are you just living your life
0: yeah i definitely have vision as far as the gardening goes um and the the plants the flowers the perennials trying new annuals um getting our fruit trees established which we already have a couple mature peach trees a mature cherry tree uh and a peach tree or i'm sorry a pear tree the pear trees shaded out and it, it's never bared fruit but anyways we're really wanting to work on getting our sh- more strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, those kinds of things that come back each year that you really don't have to put a whole lot of thought into, other than you know fertilizing them and uh, trimming them and just you know in maintenance. But gardening, I really want to focus on the animals, like you said, not so much. What we have is kind of we're maxed out. <laughs> I don't want any more animal chores right now, but I really wish that spring would just get here because I'm excited to try some new flowers and I've got new vegetables to try. Um, But basically just expanding on our garden. Also, we've been clearing a lot of trees and a lot of land, so we have a lot of bare soil. So we're wanting to get that planted in to help with prevent erosion and uh, keep our soil where it's at and not down in the ditch down the road. Yeah. I also want to just
1: mention that last year was the first year that I added in the cardboard in between my rose and my big garden. And I got this idea from Catherine. And when I shared this on my Instagram, uh, Haas tools, which is the summit where I bought some of the seeds and stuff from last year, they actually were so excited. They shared it and then they like shared it on all of their platforms Um, with the cardboard so where did that idea come from did did you have is this your original thought no this idea came from
0: uh, my husband's mammal his grandmother
1: my father-in-law who he's pretty you know i think he's like 70 71 or something maybe 60 late 60s and he was so excited about when i first went out there and i started laying the cardboard which seems simple like i'm sure lots of people know that but he has been a gardener and, you know, out in the hay fields for years and years and years. That's all they, you know, that's what he does. That's who he was. Uh, he was like looking at me like, what are you doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even like his brother and all them, you know, they had always been, you know, out in the garden and stuff. They thought I was a lunatic because I was laying out. I didn't have big sheets of uh, cardboard. So I kind of pieced together a bunch of cardboard and then put like little rocks on it so it didn't blow away. And they thought I was insane. But after, you know, a garden started growing and then we barely had any weeds and they were like, wow, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is so cool. So now this year, this whole winter time, they've been collecting cardboard from, (laughs) you know, different, you know, if they got a new refrigerator or whatever, they just put it away. And, and, you know, he was like, we got we got more cardboard for this coming year. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that is you know, awesome. even
1: those, that small little tip, so that the tips that you share are very useful to uh, many people because, you know, who would have thought? I mean, like I said, probably lots of people use that, but wow, you
0: know, so yeah, so we appreciate that. She's got lots of tips and tricks with uh, plants and she's raised the garden for. Really, really long, long time. They preserve a lot, too. They preserve. I mean, last year
1: was my very first year of canning. For my birthday, I asked for a can. <laughs> uh-huh. So I got a pressure cooker and, you know, all the little things that go with it. It was very exciting. So that is- do you plan on getting into canning since you're going to grow, you know, lots of cherries and, you know, different types of fruit and stuff?
0: I don't know. Dep- I guess it just depends on how much we get. Well, you know, last year we had a late frost and it killed all of our cherries and our peaches. So I'm hoping that we don't get a late frost and that we can actually get some fruit this year. Because the year before last, the squirrels robbed all of them and we didn't (laughs) get a single peach. Uh, I know last year, my cherry tree, it
1: it killed it. It was all getting ready to bloom and then it, it killed all of the fruit. So,
0: But I'd be open to try some canning if we have... An abundance of fruit and or vegetables.
1: I think it's fun. I can't wait. But I'm super excited for my garden.
0: I know. I'm too. I wish it would just be spring already. I've got some red onions that I'm wanting to plant. But I should have planted them in the fall. I'm going to try spring planting them. See how it goes. So we appreciate
1: you and all of your advice. I I think it's great though because... Um, Because you are in the younger bracket, you know, you're not babies, but you're not middle age. And I think y'all have done an amazing job with, you know, your land and your animals. And I know that y'all both have very good jobs and you went to school and are very, very smart. (laughs) She's rolling her eyes, but she is. She's a genius, but I could be biased. But yeah, for your age, you know, that gives people hope. You know, it's never too late and it's never too early to kind of, you know, plan ahead for your own little space in the world. Mm -hmm. But we are so grateful that you, uh, you get, you know, you gave us a little bit of your time and some very good tips uh, there. Uh, Where could our listeners find you if they wanted to follow you? I know you post, you don't post a whole lot, but you do post a lot of stuff to your stories. Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, this spring you can share a little bit more. And uh, help those out that are newbies or maybe want to learn a new trick or two. So where can we find you?
0: Yeah, like you said, I'm on Instagram. My name, I think, is Cat underscore Hensley. Um, But like you said, I don't really make a lot of posts necessarily. But I do put a lot of stuff on my story. And I have a highlight for Homestead and then also for my plants and for my animals too.
1: Yeah, I peeped all that. Some good stuff. Plus, she lives in this really beautiful cabin, so it makes all of her photos look like one of those uh, professional, uh, beautiful Instagram accounts that we've talked about before on our podcast. That we will never be. <laughs> <laughs> we have no nice use. We just be who we are. So, but we appreciate you, and uh, we do love you. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye now. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonderhead.